Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story: Homes of a top advisor to New York City Mayor Eric Adams raided by the FBI. We break down her China ties. Does Tuvalu still prefer Taiwan over Beijing? More on the Pacific Island nation's latest diplomatic priorities reaffirmed by its new prime minister. The driving forces behind the world's second-largest economy are shutting down. An article posted on the Wall Street Journal highlights China's struggling market. And should insurance companies pay for organ transplants for Americans that are performed in China? The question comes as human rights groups point to the Chinese regime's organ harvesting from prisoners of conscience. An FBI raid on a top advisor to New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Federal agents searched the homes of Winnie Greco Thursday. She's served as top advisor to Adams for a decade and served as his director of Asian affairs. This comes months after authorities raided properties owned by other associates of Eric Adams. The move is part of a public corruption investigation. Winnie Greco started making headlines long before the FBI raid. Outlets like New York Post and the National Review have zoomed in on her ties to China. Here's a breakdown. A New York Post report said Greco took Beijing's money. That was back in 2019 when her company received an unknown amount of money from the propaganda department of a Chinese Communist Party agency. Greco has also been active in events organized by an influence group led by the Chinese Communist Party. The organization is called the Chinese People's Association for Friendship with Foreign Countries. And the State Department has called out this influence group, saying it has been trying to directly and malignly influence state and local leaders to promote Beijing's global agenda. She also went on a trip to China with Lutian Wang, one of the men that allegedly operated a Chinese police outpost in New York City. The two visited local officials there. The Justice Department addressed arrested Lu last year. In addition, Greco was also listed as consultants of two Beijing-backed organizations: the Fujian Daily Southeast Network and the Dongguang Association of America. A spokesperson for the mayor denied that Greco served as a consultant. Greco is currently on leave. NTD reached out to the New York mayor's office for comment, but did not hear back before airtime. A small nation in the Pacific holding out under pressure from Beijing. The new prime minister of the island nation Tuvalu said on Friday that it would maintain diplomatic ties with Taiwan. And our ties with uh, Taiwan's are, are purely based on de- uh, democratic uh, principles, and they have been uh, very loyal to us and. We have likewise、uh, been very loyal to them. Out of all the island nations in the Pacific, Tuvalu is one of just three that still recognize Taipei. The Chinese Communist Party sees Taiwan as part of Chinese territory, despite never having ruled it. And as the communist regime expands its influence in the region, some island nations there have switched recognition from Taiwan to Beijing, largely due to pressure or incentives from the regime. When Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen took office eight years ago, Taiwan had 22 diplomatic allies. Now that number has dropped to 12. The U.S. doesn't have formal ties with Taipei, but is bound by law to sell weapons to the island so it can defend itself. 
Tesla is unveiling new incentives, including insurance subsidies to woo consumers in China. There, the U.S. electric vehicle giant is in a protracted price war against entrenched rivals such as BYD. Here's more. Tesla is stepping up a price war over electric cars in China. On Friday, the firm rolled out a range of new incentives for buyers. People picking up new cars from stock by the end of March can now get perks worth up to around $4,800. That includes discounts on insurance. The move comes after it slashed prices on some models in January and February. Tesla didn't respond to a request for comment on its latest moves. But they add to a fierce contest with local firms, including BYD, which has dethroned its US rival as the biggest maker of EVs. On Friday, it too offered new discounts, cutting the starting price of one model by over 15%. In February, it had responded to Tesla's moves with even bigger price cuts of its own. Tesla sparked the price war last year in a bid to grab market share amid signs of softening demand for EVs. It has since done discounts around the world, forcing other automakers to respond. Ford last month cut the price of its Mustang EV by up to $8,100. How should the West read China's sluggish economy? A Wall Street Journal article just released a number of charts that zoom in on the globe's second largest economy. Here's a look. Starting with China's real estate market and housing prices, the two are seen as the engines of the country's economic growth, but now they're plummeting. Fewer Chinese people want to buy houses, and if they can manage it, they prefer not to buy anything. China's domestic consumption has seen an even deeper decline than the housing market. Both now sit at low levels. Investments in the private sector are also losing strength. All the signs seem to point to one thing. China is enduring a deflation. That's not all. Tensions between China and the Western world are making trade even more difficult, with mounting tariffs and restrictions. Chinese authorities have few options to help the situation other than injecting more money into domestic factories and industries in the hopes of boosting business. Foreign investors are proactively looking for alternatives to China, while foreign businesses join the trend and look to relocate elsewhere. What's more, China's facing its worst demographic crisis in decades. Media reports and investigations reveal a huge pandemic-era death toll. Plus, China's current birth rate is lower than it was in the World War II era. Those issues mean fewer workers and an aging population. And to seal the deal, Beijing is also grappling with staggering debt levels. According to the Wall Street Journal's analysis, overall debt in China now equals more than 300 percent of its GDP. In comparison, the journal says U.S. debt is just over 250 percent of GDP. China's economic growth is now lower than the pre-pandemic era, and many experts are casting doubt on whether the economy will rebound under the Chinese Communist Party. South Korea's president praising ties with Japan on Friday. His comments come on a holiday in the country, marking South Korea's uprising against Japanese colonial rule. Today, the two nations are faced with common challenges, the Chinese Communist Party and North Korea. President Yoon Suk-yeol said Seoul would need international help, faced with the prospect of unification with North Korea. Unification is a challenging task that we cannot accomplish alone. 
The international community must pull its strength in a responsible manner. Seoul and Tokyo have had some bitter historical disputes, but ties between the two have improved under Yoon. That says nuclear threats from North Korea ramped up and Beijing began acting more aggressively. Yoon said he hopes relations with Japan will reach a higher level next year. He added their security cooperation against North Korea's nuclear and missile threats has been strengthened. Lawmakers in Utah are advancing a bill aimed at combating a heinous crime overseas, preventing Americans from inadvertently contributing to forced organ harvesting. The bill stops insurance companies from paying for organ transplants performed in China, where the ruling Chinese Communist Party kills prisoners of conscience and steals their organs, using them to support its organ transplant industry. NTD's Kevin Hogan sat down with Cynthia Sun, a researcher at the Falun Dafa Information Center for more. Thank you for your time, Kevin. And honestly, this legislation introduced by Utah, in the larger context, I would say it's incredibly important. And it follows in the footsteps of Texas and Arizona, who have legislation of their own to target forced organ harvest in China. And when it comes to issues affecting Americans, I would say that forced organ harvesting really targets Americans in the most nefarious fashion. Imagine your mother or your father needs a life-saving transplant and they're recommended by their doctors or other people that they trust to go to China for reverse matching, which can get them a heart, a lung, a kidney within two to four weeks, as opposed to years, right, in America. And I really think that more Americans need to wake up to this and the Utah legislation provides just that a way for Americans to say, no, I don't know where my organs are coming from. I don't want to take another person's life just for this. And I don't, I refuse to participate in the CCP's persecution. And a little background in this, Cynthia. Han Yu of New York, she told Utah lawmakers at a committee hearing, she believed that her father was a victim of this organ trafficking. He was healthy, then he was detained, died in detention in China in 2004. His body came back, it was extremely thin. He had stitches from throat to abdomen. There was blocks of ice underneath it. The police said that it was because of an autopsy, but she said her family never authorized an autopsy. She later found out that the Chinese regime kills people for their organs in order to boost up their transplant industry. So this is just really just terrible here. What's the scale that the Chinese regime operates this organ trafficking on? I mean, just to your point, right, um, many estimate that this industry is a billion dollar per annum industry, this murder for profit. Um, And on top of Hanyu's story, which is incredibly sad and incredibly gruesome to hear, in the past year, I've interviewed dozens of survivors from you know prisons in China who have recently escaped to different regions around the world. And they're all Falun Gong practitioners who share a similar story. While they were detained in custody, while they were being tortured, they were actually forced to have blood tests and physical examination. And this is something that's unheard of because they would call Falun Gong practitioners individually and not all people in custody. So it was definitely something that was targeted It was something that was intentional. Just briefly here, Cynthia, what can people do if they are concerned? Are there petitions they can sign or anything like that? Yeah, there's petitions all over. Um, End transplant abuse has petitions. But I would honestly recommend people to just tell people about it. 
because if there isn't a supply for organs in China, then there will be no more killing of Falun Gong practitioners and other innocent prisoners of conscience like Uyghurs for organs. So if you just talk to your um, family members who are in need of life-saving transplants, if you inform your hospital, if you work at a hospital or school, then I think if word gets around, I think that's something that could potentially be more powerful than legislation itself. Cynthia Sun, researcher at the Falun Dafa Information Center, thank you so much for your update on this. Thank you. Next, we'd like to take a moment to share some of your comments about our show. A number of viewers sent in comments on our top story on Thursday. It covered how Chinese-made high-tech cars could spy on Americans and that the Chinese Communist Party could have an off switch built into these cars even after they're sold to the U.S. and run on American roads. A viewer by the name Bulging Battery wrote in, China has an off switch on a lot more than just automobiles. Another comment left by Diego Silent joked that a Chinese car mysteriously stopped working after I had said Taiwan is a country. And another viewer, Hindutva, left a similar joke, writing, My Chinese car stopped working when I put Winnie the Pooh toy tied to the rear vision veer. A quick explanation of the Winnie the Pooh reference. In China, people often compare Chinese Communist Party head Xi Jinping to Winnie the Pooh as a way of mocking the leader. This started when people compared a photo of Xi Jinping and former President Barack Obama with that of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Don't forget to tell us what you think of today's show, or if you have an idea for something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusandtd.com. Coming up, held in the balance by a booming organ transplant industry, the lives of prisoners of conscience. With Utah now taking a stand against China's forced organ harvesting, an expert breaks down how much average Americans are still in the dark. Launching a hundred space missions in just one year, Beijing is setting an ambitious goal to challenge NASA's supremacy in the final frontier. Another major Chinese real estate firm now teetering on the brink of liquidation. What does it say about the nation's economy as a whole? We hear from residents in Shanghai. More on that after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer, a state-backed organ transplant industry profiting on the backs of innocent lives. Just how much do we know about China's practice of forced organ harvesting? Entities Jack Bradley spoke with Morris Tan, dean of Liberty University and former ambassador at large for global criminal justice, to discuss. Morris Tan, dean of Liberty University and former ambassador at large for global criminal justice, thank you so much for coming on today. Glad to be here with you. Now, this CCP threat is the number one threat to the U.S. right now. Um, what they're doing to their own people, though, uh, a lot of p- people in the West may not be aware of the uh, crimes against humanity they're committing against their own people. Can we talk a bit about that? Sure. Uh, at the end of the last administration, we got across the finish line the mass atrocity crime determinations for genocide and crimes against humanity that the CCP has been committing against those in Xinjiang province. Uyghurs and other Turkic minorities. Uh, but this is not only about uh, Xinjiang province. Uh, there is, are horrendous things that are going on against Tibetan Buddhists, against Falun Gong, against Christians, against various people who are not Han Chinese communist nationalists. And it is something that the world needs to know more about. 
because there are horrendous things like organ harvesting. And so these things would be done quietly, uh, covertly. Uh, they try to pretend that uh, they have a huge number of organs for legitimate reasons, uh, but this is not true. A lot of people in China don't even know, you mentioned Falun Gong. They thought this persecution happened a long time ago and they've never heard of it in the media for 20 years. Talk to me about uh, why it's still going on and why the Chinese people are just unaware that it's happening right now. I don't know exactly why other than the mass propaganda efforts by China, the mass surveillance efforts by China. It is said that Falun Gong are particularly targeted for organs, for example. Uh, because of the healthy lifestyles that they live and uh, things along those lines. It's hard to believe, really, that they're doing organ harvesting to their own members and that's where their bank of organs is going. Can we go into a little bit more detail on how they're doing this and, and what scale is, are they doing this on? China has encouraged medical tourism for organs because they have a large supply of organs that would only be available in the way that it is if they are murdering people and harvesting the organs. This is not something where they're just taking organs from people who have already died. And this is by virtue of murdering live people uh, who are considered otherwise undesirable. What can people do uh, watching at home to stand up to this and, and help turn things around in China? I think um, publicly speaking out as much as possible helps because uh, the Chinese Communist Party cares a lot about its image and its international reputation. They were uh, mortified when the mass atrocity determinations came out. When there are official actions taken, when there are public denouncements along these lines, this is something where they feel like they are losing face and this is something that uh, they react to very strongly. Well, Morris Tan, thank you very much for your time here. I'm glad to be with you. Beijing shooting for the stars in 2024. According to China's top space travel company, the country has two ambitious space goals this year, to set up a whopping 100 launches and build its first commercial launch site. That project is earmarked for Hainan province. The triple-digit goal follows China's 67 space missions in 2023, placing it in the global number two spot behind the U.S. and its 72 launches from Florida last year. Beijing hopes to rival Washington in a modern space race. The final frontier has become a battleground for strategic competition between the superpowers. Chinese state media say the country's future missions will focus on setting up satellites. Experts say that's to boost Beijing's communication capabilities, as well as deploy mechanisms that could be weaponized in a possible war with the U.S. A senior U.S. Space Force intelligence chief recently cautioned against aiding the regime's military development in space, saying, quote, it's important not just for U.S. companies, but for international companies not to help the CCP move forward. Declare bankruptcy, liquidate, or revamp debt structure. As China's housing sector battles an unprecedented crisis, residents in Shanghai have expressed their concerns over the nation's economy. Stones, bricks, and empty homes. In China's financial hub of Shanghai, construction carries on for one of the nation's largest property developers, Country Garden. With a dwindling real estate sector, city residents fear it could signal a troubling future. 
We ordinary people will worry about whether China's economic situation will be reflected in real estate and whether real estate will be affected by the economic weakness and go downward. Country Garden received a liquidation petition from creditors last week over non-payments of a loan worth $205 million. And just one month prior to the petition, the company's biggest rival, Evergrande, was ordered to pack it in by a Hong Kong court, forced to dissolve with more than $300 billion in liabilities. Some residents advised extra caution when investing in real estate. Because of these two cases, Evergrande and Country Garden, you need to be prudent when buying and viewing houses. You have to do a good homework and not go blindly to view a house. Real estate was once considered the driving force of China's economic growth. It accounted for roughly a quarter of the nation's GDP. But since 2021, the housing sector has trudged through one trouble after another as regulators began to crack down on the mounting debts being piled up at property firms. A number of developers have chosen to launch debt restructuring processes to avoid bankruptcy or liquidations. Police in Texas are investigating the death of shipping CEO Angela Chow earlier this month. Chow is the sister-in-law of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Chow, the CEO of Foremost Group, was found dead on February 11th. Police say her body was pulled out of a car that had gone into a pond that was on a private ranch about 40 miles from Austin. The preliminary investigation indicated her death was accidental, but Blanco County Sheriff's Office said they had not ruled out criminal activity. The letter did not say whether there was any evidence Chow died because of a crime, just that a criminal investigation is underway. The ranch where Chow was found dead is owned by a corporate entity connected to her husband, venture capitalist Jim Breyer. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you soon.